Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater, and today we are very pleased to bring you a program about one of the signature invisible injuries of the most recent conflicts, traumatic brain injury, or more commonly known as TBI. I'm joined today by co-host Pamela Stokes-Eggleston. Welcome, Pam. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to this topic and this discussion. Me too. We have a very packed show today, and we wanted to take one step back and explain a little bit about combat traumatic brain injury, or TBI, which is actually physical damage or injury to the brain. And we've often seen this in the news uh, as a result of explosions or IEDs. And I'm going to have our first guest talk about how the injuries vary very widely due to the severity and the type of brain function affected. I think we can all agree that brain is a magnificent and complex organ, and it's impossible to make blanket statements about how TBI affects each person since every injury is unique. We do know, though, that there are significant physical and psychological effects to the veteran and specifically to those living with someone with a traumatic brain injury, or TBI. Therefore, we have titled today's show, Who is the Stranger in Our House?, which reflects a common reaction by family members. We'd like to welcome our first guest today, United States Marine Corps retired gunny sergeant Chuck Rotenberry and his wife and advocate, Liz Rotenberry, to Military Network Radio today. Welcome. Hi. Good morning, Linda. Thank you. Hi, Pam. Hi, Linda and Pam. How are you? Thanks for having us on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Um, Liz, you are really our expert here about living with traumatic brain injury. Would you start by giving our audience an overview of TBI as an invisible injury? Since many people understand concussion, but they may not understand the other symptoms those with TBI may show. Right. Well, with my husband, the um, traumatic brain injury that was induced um, in March of tw- March 29, 2011, um, after getting a call from Marine Corps headquarters that he'd been injured, um, you know, we didn't realize other than some physical injuries, what was really happening to him. Um, the Marine Corps told us he's fine, you know, physically he's been taken care of, he should be good. Um, but when he came home, you start to notice different things about him going, um, his memory, he's not able to drive, he's not able to get to um, the places he goes to every day, to work, to the grocery store, even just to home. He couldn't um, function on a daily basis like he used to before his injuries. And the traumatic brain injury, it just, it can... It can just take a toll on your whole family because with that injury, um, not only are they feeling um, exhaustion and headaches, frustration, um, the migraines are so intense that they can't even do anything. Um, they can't even get themselves out of bed for a day or two. Um, it, it just can really take a toll on, on him and on us as a family. You know, Liz, it's interesting that you, you talk about the headaches and things. That's one of the more obvious 
um, symptoms that do come about. But isn't it also true that in many times uh, people treat TBI or concussion in this case as something that a little rest will help you get over it? But that wasn't the case and isn't the case with most combat TBIs, correct? Yes. The biggest thing for us was the, the minute he came home, um, and like I said, we had started noticing things going wrong. I had insisted that he go to the TBI clinic on base. Mm -hmm. And I said, whatever you need to do, get an MRI, get a CAT scan, find out what's happening. Um, the very first thing they do is they do treat you um, with medications and counseling and they treat the symptoms. Mm -hmm. They give you medications for the migraines. They give you medications for the depression, for the emotional days, for, um, the exhaustion. They, you know, you, you get every kind of possible solution for the symptoms, mm -hmm. but you don't get the response that you need for a blast went off. His brain was rattled therefore causing a damage, a physical injury to the brain itself. Mm -hmm. And for Chuck, it was the left front lobe um, section of his brain where it was no longer receiving blood supply. It had been rattled so much that it, it wasn't getting what it needed to function daily. Um, it was basically dead. And, and it was that area that affects his emotions and his memory. So for us, for two years, we struggled with medications and with counseling and trying to understand what was happening to him. Um, Chuck, I don't know if you want to... Well, my, my initial prescription after the blast was, hey, get some sleep. I spent 10 days uh, just sleeping. I was not necessarily forced, but I was on bed rest uh, once I finally returned which end up being, you know, about a month after my injury, I get back and I go to the concussion, concussion recovery clinic and they, two weeks is all I do is just sleep. And that's the best they could do in a combat environment um, without any other prevailing symptoms to, to get me medevaced. And my hard-headedness, I, I, I stuck around uh, and wanted to continue on with the mission uh, with my Marines. Chuck, did you notice anything else that was affecting you at the time, whether it was being able to communicate in the normal manner with people, concentration, focus, any of that? Right off the bat, I noticed it was just short term. I was able to, to still direct and, and lead Marines and, and guide them like I wanted to right away, um, you know, often coming up with solutions and techniques for multiple uh, uh, canine teams. But when we get out to the training area, I would look at them all and say, what the heck are we doing here? You know, <laughs> so that, that, that was immediate. The, the short term memory was immediate. Then this, the, the cognitive function, taking something from a piece of paper and having to type it on a computer or other way around, it would take me hours and I would get lost. And it, it was something that was very menial, but you know, ended up becoming very difficult. You know, as you returned, I know that Liz has talked about the fact that she noticed changes right away. Were you two in communication about the changes, or was it more a case of until you got home, you really weren't certain about what was needed, or maybe this would go away? It, it's such a, I don't want to call it an adrenaline rush, but it's so excited to be back with the family, and you know, you're on that high of, of being home and seeing everybody and playing with children and family members that it I was. I took 30 days of leave 
uh, right off the bat. And after about two weeks, we really started to notice, you know, things calming down and trying to assume a routine. And it, it just, we just couldn't get there. So that's when we really began to notice. And I just wanted to do other things that were certainly out of the norm for me and, and the family. Liz, can you jump in and say what you must have been feeling at this point? Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult because like he mentioned, you know, you're just so happy to have him home that you don't want to, you don't want to stir the pot too much. You don't, you're kind of in denial. You, you just, you're, you're living life. I'm just excited to have him there. We had moved. We were just getting ready to have our fourth baby two weeks after he came home. And I knew everything that was happening, but I didn't fully understand. You know, you get told he's physically okay. You get told there's nothing wrong with him. Um, maybe he's just tired. Maybe it's just anxiety. Maybe it's just transitioning home from being gone for the last nine months to now coming in and having to take on the role of dad now. And mm -hmm. so you kind of start to just not, um, not ignore the symptoms, but you don't know what's happening and nobody really told me that he had an actual TBI. Nobody informed us that what a traumatic brain injury was. It actually took two years for us to understand what was happening to him. Um, and, and Liz, what was your um, take on how that process was in terms of taking care of yourself? So while you're trying to find out what's going on with Chuck in those two years, um, what were you doing for yourself in terms of uh, self-care, fortification, just making sure that you were 100% there for him and your family? Were you um, doing anything that you could perhaps talk to or mention? You know, um, for myself, I tried to seek the care. You know, I just try to seek information from other families, from other um, military friends. And it's a very very difficult. Um, it's a very difficult life because you're, like I said, you expect your husband to come home and take on that role of father and to get back into it and to take on the responsibilities around the house when now he can't. Right. So now all of a sudden, this is all on your shoulders. This is all on the spouse's shoulders or the family member of the veteran's shoulders to take care of not only the family, the kids, but now him too. And it can be extremely emotionally mentally wearing. Um, I, I found myself hitting the pavement. I'd put on running shoes and I'd go running. I, I would just do whatever I could to kind of find some time to get out to a gym, to get out to, um, just an open field and just wear it out on the road because I didn't know what else to do for myself. And even if it was only for 15 minutes, um, that gave me a little bit more energy to step back into the situation and say, okay, I've got to do this. What's happening to my husband? What's, um, you know, I would allow him to go, go take the break you need, go sleep it off because I know you need to, I know you're not going to be any good and you're not going to be able to function if you don't get the rest you need and I don't right. get the care I need. Right. And I think it's really great, Liz, that you actually went running and did something. Because so many caregivers, as you know, don't do anything. 
they just become, you know, immersed and enmeshed in. At least you did something that you were still interested in so that you could help Chuck and you could help your, your family. So, so kudos to you for that. Yes. Yes. Well, I, you know, I think it just came naturally because I just needed an escape. I needed to kind of get out of the house and breathe. You just have to get out and breathe. Um, whether it's going for a walk or, um, just taking even five minutes to step outside. And like I said, just take a deep breath and then step back into the situation because it is emotionally exhausting. Yes. Perfect. Let's hold that thought. We're going on break right now. We'll be right back. You're talking to military network radio, military network radio. And we'll be right back after these short messages. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. This is Toginet, Cutting Edge Radio. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. You're listening to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater with co-host Pam Eggleston and our guests, Chuck and Liz Rotenberry. Liz, perhaps you'll talk about some of the symptoms that are not as well known about traumatic brain injury. Uh, Communication, some of those issues that may have added to the frustration level as Liz and you were seeking treatment. The communication. Um, Communication is, is a big it, it can be a big part of, of your relationship. It can make it or break it, really, um, especially when you have the traumatic brain injury involved. Um, I am a tough-loved kind of person, and I'm, I'm in the sense that, no, you know what? You're not going to sleep. You're, you've got to get up. You've got to get up. You've got to get going. The kids need you. I need you. Um, you know, and I, I kind of... When I see my husband breaking down, and I do see it, I, I can see it on his face the minute it happens, and it's amazing how he can wake up feeling so great, and then within 30 minutes, it just hits him, and it hits him like a ton of bricks, and he all of a sudden can't function, he can't talk, he can't um, be in the same room as his family, and I look at him and I say, what's the matter? What is happening? Um, what do you need? What can we do? Do you, do you take your medication? And, and he, you know, for a long time would be so stubborn and would get so aggravated with me because I would harp on him about that. But at the same time, after, you know, after going through this, I think he has this more appreciation for me staying on top of him 
staying on top of the fact that we need to talk about these things. I need him to tell me I'm not having a good day. I'm not feeling well. You know, it's so interesting. One of the reasons we titled this program, Who is the Stranger in Our House, is because of what you just described. You don't know each day if it's going to be a good day, a, a day that has frustrations, how they're going to react, how they're going to speak to you. And that has to be an added drain on both of you. Chuck, how did that feel from your perspective when you would wake up and, and know that things just weren't correct that day? Were you getting better at communicating that with Liz? Oftentimes in the beginning, I looked at everyone else as what's wrong with you. Whereas it, when it just comes about the veteran, the wounded individual, it, it it's so sudden that it just feels like it's innate. Like this is how it's always been. I didn't realize how I used to be, you know, until I started feeling better that it was everybody else that was messed up. It was my take on it. Uh, for some time, it took me to realize that I wasn't communicating. I was just burying things, and it was taking such a toll on my family, and I could see it on my wife's face, the frustration, and my children who don't know who I am uh, because I bottle everything up. And it took a while for me to realize that Liz was right. I needed to get out of bed, or I needed to attempt to push through and and you know go to the counseling, get the medicine, seek alternative treatments, and that kind of put a lot into perspective that we could work better together if we just told each other what was going on instead of trying to just push through something that one person couldn't by themselves. Now, you, you mentioned the children. You had very young children at this point, and you had a newborn as well. How did that transition home work while you were both dealing with the very significant symptoms of the traumatic brain injury. For me, it was amazing, you know, having a, a, a brand new baby boy, twin girls and, a, and an oldest son was, it was great. You know, you have the full spectrum of, you know, little teeny babies to, to <laughs> you know, kids you can play with and, and roll on the floor. Um, but when the environment became too uh, overwhelming or hectic or, other things were being triggers that I knew I couldn't say what I wanted to say and do what I wanted to do, which was sometimes get angry. Sometimes I was just overcome with emotion or I didn't know, you know, which direction to even turn. So I would just have to leave. I had to get out of there because I couldn't let myself fall to pieces. Yeah. The, the hard part is, is, is the four kids, um, we felt it necessary to keep it very honest with them from the beginning. And, you know, they, they understood, you know, we just got a call from, from headquarters. Daddy's been injured, but he's okay. He's going to be okay. Um, he's going to come home and we're going to have to try to work together as a family to support him. And we were very, very um, appreciative. I'm sorry. We were very appreciative to have been introduced to the group focus on base, which is mm -hmm. families overcoming under stress. And they were the one group that actually really helped me to understand your children are more aware of the things happening 
in your home than you know of. Your children are absorbing everything you say and everything happening to him. And it's best to be honest with them and sit them down and say, you know, daddy isn't feeling well today. He has a headache. He wants to play with you. He loves you, but he just needs some time. And, you know, we've gotten to the point where we kind of have made it not humorous, but, you know, my kids have learned to adapt to it. Mm -hmm. And when we play charades, they'll sometimes imitate him and walk around in circles and scratch his head and say, why are we, why, you know, why are we here? And, you know, it's like, oh, you're being daddy again. Uh, oh. So you kind of have to keep it light for them because, you know, right. they're just, they're just so young at heart, but they, they love playing with their dad. So. I'm struck by the fact that you all really did a remarkable job of adapting. It's not always the case. And I know that at the time you're adapting, Liz, you were also advocating to try and find care that went beyond symptom management. And what was the breakthrough for you when you finally found something that seemed to help Chuck? Or Chuck, take that question. doesn't matter. Just what was the breakthrough? Well... Um, I know I'll be honest, our days weren't always so positive. We had a lot of mental breakdowns. I had a lot of days where I found myself crying on a floor because I didn't know what to do. Um, and that's where I turned to just researching and, and you know what, Chuck, here's an option. Here's yoga. Let's go to yoga. Um, let's look into acupuncture. Let's, let's look into these things. Try it. Why can't we, why can't we do these things? And we were very, very blessed to have been home one day when we noticed a uh, new segment on new treatments and, um, for PTSD and for traumatic brain injury. And, and these treatments were making such an impact on the lives of veterans. It was life changing as the new segment had reported. And we were very fortunate to see, um, Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is what they were discussing. Mm -hmm. And um, they were talking about, you know, how the therapy can, um, and I'm sorry, Tuck, maybe you can take over because I have it a little. Liz just saw it. I happened to be at the house watching the 12 o'clock news one day, and she said, that's it. We're trying it. Uh, let's do it. You know, at first I said, yeah, sure, it's another uh, Band-Aid or, or temporary thing, but whatever. I, I know it's important. Let's give it a shot. So Chuck, explain to our listeners a little bit what hyperbaric oxygen treatments do physically. The, the H-Bot, I mean, sometimes you can go into a, a room or an individual tank um, where you are just immersed in pressurized, 100% oxygen. Mm -hmm. And what that does, uh, the, excuse me, the 100% oxygen is, is the benefit and the pressure is the key to forcing it into your bloodstream and throughout your entire body. The, um, it, it just basically turns the lights back on in, in certain places and any soft tissue damage, uh, or injury is, it's going to accelerate that healing, whether it's a, a burn or, or dental work or a brain injury, uh, anything that, that your body has kind of diminished uh, blood flow to, or, you know, especially in the brain, you see a, if there's an issue and the brain doesn't want to, um, 
I guess, perpetuate that. It'll lessen the, the blood flow to it, whether it's a physical injury, psychological injury. It's just a coping mechanism that you naturally, you know, the human, natu human body naturally shuts down. And this oxygen kind of is forced in and, you know, it just re reignites things that were shut down. Liz, I know that you've shared uh, images that show physically that there was a difference as well. Were you surprised by the magnitude of change? I was. Actually, when Chuck um, first left, we... When he first left to go get his HBOT treatments, uh, I said, you, you need to go take the six, eight weeks time, go, you know, do what you need to do, get the rest you need to do. And it was amazing to see that within the first week of him getting treatments, he immediately noticed he was sleeping better. The images provided us just, it, it validated what we were talking about you know at first when i was waiting to get the images back i was like they're not going to show anything it's me i i am crazy you know I, it, it's it's just in my head you know figuratively speaking and seeing the images and seeing the decreased blood flow in in areas such as the frontal left frontal lobe and so forth really kind of validated that it was an injury and and not just, oh, he, he's just stressed out, or it's this or it's that. It was a physical injury. It made you feel better, didn't it? Absolutely. You know, it, it, it kind of put into perspective that it was something that I, I, even though I knew what I was doing was absurd or, or out of character, I couldn't change it. I couldn't do anything about it. Why, why am I doing these things? And it's because I had a... I had a boo-boo on my brain, and it wasn't working right. <laughs> yeah. Liz, in the short time we have left on this segment, can you explain what differences you saw in Chuck after the hyperbaric oxygen treatments? Yes. Like, like I started to say, um, within the first week of him being away, just talking to him on the phone, you started to uh, kind of feel this energy from him, this positiveness um, that was coming from him. And... He, I think within the first 10 to t 10 days to two weeks, he didn't have a single migraine. Wow. He had not a single migraine. And honestly, to this date, and that was back in um, 20, last, last year, March 2014, right. is when he started getting his treatments. And for a year now, he's not had an intense migraine like he had with traumatic brain injury with before HBOT. Um and that alone, just to have that sense of of life back where you're not trapped to a bed with your hoodie on and sunglasses. Mm. Wow, that's that's remarkable. But you know the breath is life. I love this whole oxygen therapy, but the breath is life. And I think that that's a wonderful um, testament to, to what you and, and Chuck have gone through, Liz. Yes, we've been very fortunate to have experienced HBOT. Um, we... we cannot say enough about it and the life-changing um, abilities it's given him back to associate with his kids and play and do the things he needs to do to be a good dad and a good husband. Liz, thank you so much, Chuck. Thank you as well. I hope you'll stay on for the second half hour as we continue talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You are listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. 
Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. I'm Linda Crater, and we're here now with several new guests. We're here with Navy veteran Kara Mae Melton and chairman and co-founder of Heal the Warriors in Norfolk, Virginia. And Navy veteran Frank Hughes is also with us. We are so glad you're here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's our pleasure, believe me. Uh, Carol, let's start with you. It was evidently frustration with symptom management with traumatic brain injury rather than treatment that led you and co-founder Sarah Stoltman to start Heal the Warriors. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Uh, it was really difficult for us to see in our community here so many of our friends and neighbors um, suffering from traumatic brain injury and not having any treatment and just watching how it really affected their lives, uh, the lives of their spouses and their whole families. You know, I noticed on Heal the Warriors website, and by the way, we will post all these resources following the program, that Heal the Warriors goes with a three-step TBI recovery program, which sounded like what Chuck and Liz were going through but had to do it on their own. It sounds like you all have taken this integrative approach and taken it from the beginning to treat the injured brain and also take it all the way through to help the family. Can you explain more about that, please, Carol? Sure, no problem. Um, we really felt that it was very important to look at this from a holistic standpoint and understand what was going on and really complete the circle of uh, treatment. So we said, okay, first we have to actually heal the injury to the brain. And um, Liz was talking about that earlier in the show that 
you can manage the symptoms, but if you don't actually treat the injury, you're going to be managing symptoms forever, and they're only going to get worse. So we said, okay, the first thing we have to do is actually treat the injury to the brain, and we can use hyperbaric oxygen therapy to do that, along with diet and nutrition as well. And then we said, okay, well, we also do have to treat the symptoms as we're going through this. So we have to treat both the emotional and the physical symptoms to the injury. And then finally, we said, if the, the veteran or the, the military member is getting better, but we're not addressing the spouse or the family caregiver in this, then we're missing the mark. So we have to be able to treat that um, spouse and, and family caregiver in order to facilitate full healing. And so we felt very strongly about that. And we said, this is what we have to do. Because if we leave one of these steps out, we're not really doing anybody any favors. Kara, this is uh, Pam, and I'm just interested in uh, what types of nutrition or uh, integrative um, food modalities you use to uh, uh, within the program to wrap into the TBI treatment. Well, uh, our doctor that we work with, uh, Dr. Parker, really helps to put those things together along with metabolic and nutraceutical therapy. Okay. So it really depends um, on the individual, honestly. But a lot of times, if you have a lot of inflammation in the body, um, there are a lot of diets where you are going to start eliminating things like uh, a lot of the carbs, like uh, a lot of the sugar is a big one. Oh, my goodness. Sugar is, is huge. It really yeah. is yeah, it's something big. that yeah, that really hurts on so many different levels. So it really, um, we try to individualize that if we can. Great, great. Makes perfect sense. Frank, mm -hmm. you suffer from a TBI, and you've been part of the Heal the Warriors program. Can you explain your injury and how this treatment has helped you? Yeah, um, I, I slipped and hit the back of my head, and uh, I actually knocked myself out on ice. And I went to the doctor to, in the VA and was told that it would basically heal on its own that I was fine and uh, come to find out later that I was losing my vision uh, I, my balance was off just remembering a whole lot oh, hold on just a second Kara can you continue on with the story while he works on the sound Okay, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Okay, keep going, Frank. Yeah, I just started noticing a lot of, you know, vision problems. Uh, I couldn't keep my balance. I was forgetting things a lot. People thought I was drunk. You know, soaring mm. words. You know, it, it was a miserable experience because I thought sometimes I was going crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually watching the news one night. And I saw there was a police officer that was on the news talking about hyperbaric oxygen therapy and how he had gotten an accident somehow and he went through 40 treatments. And when he, when he got, he was almost normal again. It was, it was brilliant. So I called the next day and, and that's when I started. You know, I find it interesting that both you and Chuck found help through the news instead of through the general medical sources. Um, Kara, how would you explain that? 
Well, I think it's pretty sad. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I, uh, it's a little disheartening, but, you know, we have to do what we have to do. And so the more that the news can pay attention to this issue, the more of a chance we have to really help. And eventually, I think the system will come full circle and we'll find that there is help. But until then, uh, we have to do what we have to do individually to get the word out and to create awareness. You know, interestingly, the NFL is helping by having all of these injuries being brought into the news. And so it's, it's an irony that it isn't really coming through the medical side from the 14 years of war and the TBIs that have been experienced there, but it's coming from the NFL. At this point, I'm sure we don't care where it comes from as long as people are aware that there's a therapy that is showing great promise and actually physical changes. Kara, I believe you've talked about the cognition, significant measurable cognitive uh, improvements. Can you speak to those a little bit and some of the symptom uh, abatement? Yes, uh, that is one thing that we can say, and not just us, but clinics around the country and programs around the country can say that they see a great uh, help with is, is the ability to process information again um, more properly and, and more consistent with the way that uh, the members were thinking and processing pre-injury. Um, a lot of times, as Frank was mentioning in Chuck 2, it is very difficult. You can't find the right words. You um, can't think quickly on your feet. And um, just the processing has really slowed. You know, we've created gaps. The injury in your brain um, has created gaps in those that information highway. And so your brain has to figure out a way to go around, and it, and it does take longer. And so with hyperbaric, um, when we can help to alleviate those injuries and to, to heal those injuries in the brain and open up those pathways, um, the brain can start functioning normally again, or at least more normally, and the processing speed can improve. And we've seen that with a lot of folks that we have um, been able to treat. And Frank is an amazing example. His um, cognitive scores improved, you know, in some cases over 100% from before um, his treatment started. I mean, that is huge. And I can say that all day long. I can show you the, the numbers. I can show you the facts and figures. But really, it's amazing how it manifests itself in the individual's life. And Frank can tell you, you know, what a difference it's made to be able to um, really just process better. It just changes everything. And Frank, I don't know if you want to speak to that a little more. Well, it was to the point where I was driving down the road. I got a manual transmission in my car and was driving down the road and was in third gear and I couldn't remember what gear to go to, what gear I was in, mm. how to shift it, or anything. And here in Virginia, the, the roads are kind of busy. So when you're in the middle of the interstate and you, you're in a gear and you can't remember what gear to go to, it becomes a problem real quick. So tell us what you felt like after you received treatments. I take it 40 treatments is a typical regimen? Uh, yes, that's a that's the um, the minimum standard protocol. Okay. Now, folks that have maybe a more mild to moderate 
injury may need more. And there are clinics around the country that are um, implementing the AD treatment protocol. And so we really have to pay attention to um, how the individual is doing. But 40 would be the minimum, and, and 40 is what Frank went through. So, Frank, as you started treatment, did you, like Chuck, notice changes right away? Uh, well, the first the first treatment that I had, I, I came out, I thought I was Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt pumped up and, you know, it was just, wow. Um, that kind of went away. Did it? I noticed probably after about 15, 20 treatments, mm-hmm. I started noticing noticing a lot of improvement. You know, I had, I've got diverticulitis also, and I've had nothing but problems. I'm, I've been on and off of antibiotics, uh, just, you know, really bad stomach problems. Now, and I'm going to knock on wood, so I hope you hear that. <laughs> As of now, I haven't been back to the doctor. I haven't had any antibiotics. I haven't had any problems since I've completed my 40 treatments. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've you know, after 40, it was a very big improvement. You know, I started, you know, before I'd lay around the house. I didn't want to go nowhere. You know, just, you know, projects. I never did any projects. And now I just can't find enough projects. And uh, the family's actually telling me to slow down. You know, come on, you know, you got too much energy. Well, you know, what I hear out of both of you is that you now have hope. There was probably a, a time when you weren't certain that things would change, and that was what you were going to be left with moving forward in your life. But the hope sounds to me as though it has brought you healing along with the physical manifestations of reducing the symptoms and moving you forward. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. You're right, Amazing. Linda. This is Chuck. I, the hope for me is each day, I, I used to count the good days and now I can barely count the bad days because they're so infrequent. You know, I totally understand that. Wow. wow. That's a strong statement. Yes. And it, I think it goes to what Liz and Carol were talking about with the families. If you're suddenly able to function better in your family, or in your case, Frank, people didn't think you were just drunk and weaving on the road, that has to be a far more stable situation. Yeah, it is. Uh, my family, speaking of families, I didn't know if my family was going to even stay with me for a while. I mean, I, be, I became evil. Uh, and I've got a 9-year-old and a 13-year-old. And uh, at the point... Frank, I'm huh? sorry, we're going to have to hold that. We'll come back after the break. Okay. And thank you so much. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to Military You're Network Military Radio. Network we'll be back. Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. 
This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that you gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. This is Linda Crater with Military Network Radio and our guest, Kara May, and Frank Hughes. I would love to have you all discuss some of the integrative therapies. And we have a lot of guests on the program, but certainly Liz and Chuck chime in as well with other things that have helped you. But let's first go back to the hyperbaric therapy. Sure. Um, as Chuck was mentioning before, hyperbaric therapy um, does a lot of things. And the way that we look at it here is that it really helps the body to heal itself. It helps the body to do the things that it's supposed to do anyway, but cannot because of illness or disease or injury. So um, you'll find that what we find is that a lot of people come in for one issue, and if we're talking about um, mild traumatic brain injury, most frequently they'll come in and they can't take the fact that they're not sleeping anymore, and they can't take the fact that they, the headaches are awful, and the depression or the anxiety or the anger is just overtaking their lives. But unfortunately, when these injuries go for so long without being treated, other things start to happen in the body, and other processes start to break down too. So people will start to see changes with the main injury and they'll start to see the, the relief and those symptoms that they, they have noticed and have been taking over their lives. And as that happens, they also start to see other things start to change. And Frank brought up his diverticulitis. Um, we have people that have had a lot of other injuries in their body that start to heal themselves as well um, as they go through the hyperbaric treatment. So it's, it's an amazing thing because it's a full body healing process and um, people have more energy and people can live their lives more fully after they go through. It's not a magic pill. It's not a, it's not a miracle cure, but it does help the body do what it's supposed to do anyway. And then if you can bring in other therapies as well, then I think that's where um, it really becomes life-changing, even beyond what the hyperbaric can do. And so a lot of organizations and a lot of clinics now are really trying to take that holistic approach and bring in other things that could benefit. I know that we bring in acupuncture. Uh, as I mentioned before, we bring in metabolic and nutraceutical therapy, um, massage, 
Uh, Near-infrared light therapy uh, is something that we're just bringing in. So um, those things are really very, very helpful, too. And I think we'll see a lot more of that with organizations around the country as, as time goes on. Yes. I, you know, Kara, I was going to add to that too, because you brought up a good point and I want to make this clear. And it's always very important for me to iterate it to everybody I talk to HBOT about. It's not a cure. Um, my husband struggles every day with symptoms. Um, but the, it's all in the way he now manages those symptoms. Um, he has a clearer thought process to be able to um, tell himself, okay, I'm not feeling well today, but I'm not going to let it take me down. I'm, I'm going to try to get through to it. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, it's not FDA approved yet. And that's why I think we get a lot of medical physicians who are so against talking about this. And that's where the awareness really needs to come in. And we really need to push our politicians and really push our government to pay attention. I mean, my husband went from 20 pills, 15, 20 pills a day, mm -hmm. pre-HBOT. After those 40 treatments, he was down to three pills a day, three mm -hmm. types of pills. And for me, I was happy just getting him off of one because not only do you have the symptoms of the injuries, but you now have the symptoms of the medications. Mm -hmm. right, right. So to get him off of those, I was so excited. Absolutely. And, and Kara, as you and Liz talk about this, obviously as the mending goes on with the HBOT and the hyperbaric treatments, it also assists the family as well. And Liz, as a caregiver, what has it alleviated for you? Well, it's allowed me to be able to rely on my husband for a little bit more things, you know, to be able to have him step in as that role. Now, granted, I'm, you know, I'll send him to the grocery store to get groceries and he comes home with $60 in lunch meat because he couldn't decide which lunch meat to get. Um, and he bought all of them. So we still have our moments where he struggles with decision-making and things like that. But just to know that he feels better and I can see it on him. I can, I can feel his energy. It's HBOTS just provided that for us. It's, it's made things great, you know, in our home. And I believe Frank was talking about his children earlier. Frank, would you like to finish that thought? Well, I mean, before the, the hyperbaric, uh, I, was, I was an evil person. I mean, if, if my son, you know, he's nine years old. He would uh, throw a fit or if he didn't get his Xbox right when he wanted it, he would, he would yell and I would just blow up. And... It, it became a, a, a habit. Every, every time something was going on, I, I, would, I would blow a gasket. And I think it was because my head was hurting, you know, constantly, 22 hours out of 24 hours a day. Mm. And medication just made it worse. I mean, it, it, it would stop the headache, but then it would cause stomach problems or, you know, vice versa. So far, I mean, my headaches are under control. If I have one, I take a Tylenol, it's gone. I'm sleeping good. Uh, my stomach problems have have decreased dramatically. I'm not having. I mean, I, 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 this is going to sound kind of strange, but I feel like I've gone 15, 20 years back in time to my health, what it was then. Wow. 
And it's just, I'm, I made such a drastic improvement on, you know, now I'm actually back in Taekwondo with my son. Uh, I'm, I'm getting out of the house. I'm doing more activities with the family. And, you know, I don't blow up like I used to. Now, you know, I, if, I, if I do get frustrated, it's more normal, per se. You know, I, I throw my little fit, I'm over it, and then move on to the next thing. Frank, I think it's wonderful that you use the um, hyperbaric therapy as sort of the gateway alternative or the gateway complementary piece to your taekwondo or or whatever else you choose. I think it's wonderful that, that you are working with Karen, that Karen mentioned acupuncture, she's mentioning nutrition, and that you really spoke to that you you're going back in time and you feel your health returning. And I think that's really important and critical to kind of get out there. I mean, FDA approval with or without it, you know, it's, 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 it's always um, one of those uh, things where if it's hokey to folks, cause this is kind of hokey, this is kind of woo woo as, as my friends like to say, you know, because it's alternative, then it, the FDA doesn't know what to do with it. Um, so studies and looking at these things in a really kind of systematic and scientific way will help further the cause along. But I really think your story is a testament to, um, to how you can improve and how you can use um, hyperbaric therapy uh, to, to further your improvement in, um, in your life around your family and, and, and your kids and things. So, so thanks for that. So, you know, uh, Frank and um, Chuck and Liz and Kara, as you talk about this, do you feel like you lost the stranger in your house and you came to know one another again after treatments that helped with the traumatic brain injury? I know I can attest to that. I mean, my husband and I have a much stronger bond now. Um, you know, there are moments where I want to throw every book at him, but for the most part, we, we have a better understanding and, you know, I am more patient with him. And when you have that role of caregiver given to you too, that takes on a different role in itself. And now that I understand that role, um, I can be a better mom and I can be an amazing caregiver and I can do, you know, an, an amazing wife and do all three. Um, so I think people really need to understand that role as caregiver. Very important. Kara? Oh, I can tell you this. I watch people come through the doors and go through the program, and I watch them come in as a great version of themselves. I watch how they interact with their family, and I watch the transformation as they start feeling different. They start acting differently. I can see from a distance, and sometimes very up close and personal, how things change for the for the better. And, it, and it's, it's absolutely amazing. And so not only do you hear the stories, but you can watch it happen. And Frank, I don't know if you want to speak to that. I don't think you just answered it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let's it's, talk. it's done wonders for me and my family. Liz? Oh, I was going to say, like Chuck always says, you know, he, he didn't realize how bad he was until he started feeling better. And every time he gets better, he looks back and says, wow, I was really in a bad place. So as long as we keep pushing to get him better and to keep these treatments going and he'll go for another round the end of this year, hopefully, and just keep on this roll. Well, they talk about in the literature, the haze of distance from before to after and when you're looking back, you're looking back with a very positive view because you have progressed. And I imagine that that goes a long way in 
talking to other veterans about trying something that they may not have considered before. This is Tara May, and, and I can tell you that it does. I can tell you that, and I'm sure Chuck and Liz, um, because they make their story known, have seen this too. Um, people start to feel hope from seeing it in other people, and then they start to uh, connect with us and say, gosh, I wonder if this really could could work. Because one of the things Pam mentioned before, and I did want to speak to this, is that, yes, um, for mild traumatic brain injury, this is not approved. It is not a covered indication. But there are um, you know, 14 other things in this country that are approved. And in other countries, they're using this for as many as 60 different health mm -hmm. indications. Right. So some people might want to call it Hokey, but I'm telling you that this goes on. People get hyperbaric right. treatments like 10,000 times a day in our country. And right. so it is safe and effective, and we just have to start applying it to other indications like mild traumatic brain injury um, because it really does work, and these guys are, are testament to that. Well, I think you've done a good job of getting out the word today. I, I think it mm -hmm. is important for people to know about things that are in wide use and very effective uh, from a therapeutic and even a scam point of view. I know that I've seen um, Liz has shared uh, Chuck's scams, and you can see it even with an untrained eye that the physical changes are there, that there's now oxygen in areas where they would have previously been just dark and so it looks really terrific. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much to our guests, Chuck and Liz Rotenberry, Frank Hughes, and Cara Mae Melton of Heal the Warriors for joining us today. We'll be certain to post additional TBI resources after the program. And you can always find our broadcast at militarynetworkradio.com or 24-7 in iTunes broadcasts. Join us live each Tuesday at 10 a.m. for shows reflecting interest to the entire medical bleh, military pardon me, community <laughs> and those who care about them. I'm Linda Crater with co-host Pam Eggleston, and thank you for joining us today on Military thank Network you. Radio. As always, we wish you well in the coming week. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your